The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Rushton. Uh, Welcome to another one of our uh, podcasts. Uh, Have you noticed how the more technological advances that are made to simplify our lives, ironically, the more complex our lives become? Uh, Socrates once said, beware the bareness of a busy life. But we sometimes validate ourselves by how busy we are and not necessarily by how essential the tasks we perform are. I'm here today with Clay Christensen to talk to him about the principles from the book Essentialism by Greg McCown, which basically discusses the principle of the passionate pursuit of less. It seems like it can be a dangerous topic, almost encouraging people to work less. So, Clay, maybe you can help us understand what essentialism is and what it means for us. Yeah, I was actually a little bit worried to get into this book because I didn't want people reading it and thinking, oh. I should just do, be doing less in life. I, I need to relax a little more. It's not the right message you're trying yeah, to it's send. Not, yeah, it's not really the point. And I, I, but I also agree with what you said in the intro. I, I've fallen uh, into that trap of establishing my value based on how busy I am. Look, mm-hmm. look, I'm obviously valuable because look at all the work I'm doing. Look mm-hmm. how hard I'm working. Mm-hmm. So let me start with a quote from the book that I really liked. It says, the wisdom of life consists of the elimination of non-essentials. Okay, think about that. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. And, and, you know, there are probably so many things in our lives that that we have come to consider essential that really aren't. And I I always think about the analogy of my ancestors crossing the plains and they loaded up their wagons with all these things that they they thought were essential – but they didn't have room for everything. And there's stories of just crossing the plains and looking at the side and 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 seeing along the path, you know, even things like pianos <laughs> being tossed, you know, where they right. thought, well, music is an essential part of <laughs> our life. We're going to need and, this. And, uh, you know, obviously it took a little bit more space in the wagon <laughs> that they wanted. And But, but I mean, even, you know, that may seem obvious, but, but even possibly tossing clothes in favor of more flour, you know, hmm. an, an, an analogy that we've used in the past. Hmm. When it comes down to... To it, we need to figure out what is essential in our jobs and what isn't, and then learn to eliminate the non-essential and become obsessed with essential, the essential. But but my problem with that is is I am a checklist person. Mm-hmm. I I have my list of things. And I feel good when I'm able to check things mm-hmm. off that list. I feel like <laughs> I, I'm accomplishing yeah. things. But my problem in doing that is sometimes I, I knock the easiest things out first. Hmm. And another problem I'm noticing with that is is often my checklist is determined by the requests of others. People telling me, hey, I need you to do this. Yeah, sure. And I put it you on my checklist. checklist. Yeah, okay. it's on my, yeah. I mean, my phone. You're that's, not putting any thought between what's getting added. It just goes on. I'm just trying to solve people's problems hmm. without without – Asking myself the question, is this the very most important thing I should be doing with my time and resources right now? Hmm. 
And, and when we genuinely ask ourselves that question, we come to realize, and this is a quote from the book, almost everything is noise. Very few things are essential. And our job is to filter through that noise until we get to the essence. So, so it's not just doing less, it's doing less better. Kind of like we've said in the past, focus on less and then obsess. Am I, am I, obs am I investing in the right activities? So back to your original question, my, my long-winded answer that I just gave, <laughs> what is essentialism? This is the quote from the book. Essentialism is a disciplined systematic approach for determining where our highest point of contribution lies and then essentially executing on those things so really essentially then this is a lesson in in, in learning um how to set the right priorities in our lives so so do the most important things first is that is that right you know i'm, I'm glad you used the word priority because I, I learned something that i had never known uh in this book and and it's about the word priority so the word priority came into the English language in the 1400s, and it was singular, priority, singular, right? It meant the first or prior thing. It stayed singular for the next 500 years. Only in the 1900s did we pluralize the term priorities and start talking about, you know, plural priorities. Illogically, we reasoned that by changing the word from priority to priorities, mm -hmm. We could bend reality, right? <laughs> we could somehow we would now be able to have multiple first things, right. but that was really never meant to be the case. Priority meant the one thing. I, hmm. I think we've quoted this movie before, but I don't know. You, you know the movie uh, City Slickers. It's a favorite, a favorite of mine, right? And it's it's uh, what's the the hardened cowboy's name? And he, but he, he says he says you know what the secret to life is, you know? And he's talking to the <laughs> Billy Crystal yeah. main character, and he he and he holds up his finger, and he says, "What? What? Your finger?" He goes, "You know, no, this one thing." And he says, well, well, what is it? What, what's the one thing? And, and the, you know, he, he says, but that's up to you. You have to figure out what, what is your priority. And that is the secret to life. So this isn't a lesson in haphazardly saying no to more things, right? Not, not just saying, no, I'm starting to turn things down now. Right. <laughs> it's right. purposely and deliberately and strategically eliminating the non-essentials and, and not just getting rid of the obvious time wasters, but, but cutting out some really good opportunities as well. Sort of like the, the good, better, best practice. There, there's a lot of good things mm -hmm. we are going to need to cut out uh, in, in favor of, of better and best, which, you know, that's hard. That's that's hard to do. Obviously, it's incredibly hard. I, I don't know if you know Shay uh, out in Milestone. Shay's a, a DON and a CML and mm -hmm. just sort of an overall rock star out there in Milestone. And I, I sat in on a training she did for future DON. She was at Bandera and she was talking to these these uh, aspiring nurse leaders. And she told them how she focuses on three to four things. I can't remember if it was three or four. And that she just obsesses over those things. Those are the things she is not going to relinquish. She, they are too important to her. And then she delegates everything else or is willing to be less than perfect in everything else. And she first had to determine what was essential and and then you know focus on those things and and this is i think led to her being so successful in her leadership and and uh she wasn't telling them what to focus on right. she was just saying have a focus yeah, right have so the sense. things that are, are essential 
And again, I, I know I think I've used this analogy before, but, but the reality is that the human brain is not capable. We go back to this idea of priority versus priorities. The human brain can't process two things at once. If, if I put glasses on you and one lens is yellow and one lens is blue, you don't see green. <laughs> right. You see yellow or blue, depending on what your priority singular is, right? But, but we need to proactively choose or focus, and that, that really seems to be what leadership is. Choosing your priority um, of what is most important, because otherwise, and I like this quote from the book, something or someone else will step in and choose for us. It's really a great quote. I also, in preparing for this uh, podcast, did not realize the history of priority, and, and yeah. that's just so fascinating when you hear it broken down that way. And don't you find that a lot of people tend to determine what your priorities Abs- are? Absolutely, and, and absolutely. You're just re- reacting and absolutely. responding. You know, and yeah. it's 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 often how jobs seem though that that we are reacting to everyone's needs, and we don't really get a get around to having the time um, to do what we really want and, and need to do. And despite spinning our wheels as fast as we, we can. we think we'll never get around to it. <laughs> no. oh, I just wish I had time to do all that I wanted right. to do because we're doing so many of the things that we really shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and we can, and we never can get to that want list yeah. like you were saying. So how, how do we do that? How do we break through that? Yeah, it, it, you know, there's a term called learned helplessness. And it's when people believe that their efforts at work don't matter, kind of like we just said, oh, I'm just I'm never going to get to these projects that I want to do. They, they believe that they're a victim to their circumstances, no matter how hard they work. And when that happens, they tend to respond in, in one of two different ways. So here's the first way. Sometimes mm-hmm. they check out and just stop trying mm-hmm. like the kid that says. I'm just never going to be good at math. Right, so why try? Right, yeah. So why try? And that that's the so so they just they stop or they do the opposite. They become hyperactive. Mm-hmm. They they accept every opportunity presented. They throw themselves into every assignment and they try to do it all. And and we become victims to our situation. We become helpless because because of all the duties being thrown at thrown at us, we don't think we have a choice in what opportunity, what assignment, or what challenge to take on. Oh, but so-and-so is asking me to do this, and I've been asked to do that. Okay, but your job as a leader is to determine what you actually are going to do. Right. We think we have to do it all, and when we forget our ability to choose, we learn to be helpless. We eventually become a function of other people's choices or even a function of our own past choices. Mm. We surrender our power to choose. We're, we're letting our environment determine what we need to accomplish, and we shouldn't, <laughs> right? I right. mean, but, but I, hopefully people listening right now are empathizing with saying, yeah, I just feel like I'm constantly responding to everybody right. else's needs right. and I'm not stepping driven. back. Yeah. yeah. I love this quote from uh, this John Maxwell, kind of a, a leadership guru. Uh, he said, and this really struck me, he said, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. I <laughs> uh, just snort laughed. Oh, man, it's terrible. we, we got to edit no, that out. do Please. not edit oh, that. Oh. Keep the snort laughing. Oh, that's laughing. terrible. You cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. But the needs of everyone around us make it seem so important and, and, and we never really analyze it ourselves. It's, 
It's kind of like as a leader how we find ourselves trying to answer every question thrown at us, but we never step back and ask if it's even the right question being asked, right? Essentialists mm-hmm. do. They they make sure they don't just answer every question. They step back and say, is this the right question being asked? Which you can refer to the cognitive uh, uh, diversity podcast that we talked about and, and, and we mentioned that, that are we asking the right question? No, I mean, that really makes a ton of sense. I, I, I've realized that everything really truly does have an opportunity cost. Um, so I can work on this and give that up, but, but what's the cost of giving up that? Um, it seems like this is really where a good leader stands out, not, not necessarily how hard they work, but what functions they deem essential and pour their energy yeah, into. Yeah, what's their priority? Yeah. What's their one thing? What, what is their focus? And, and, and almost even more importantly, what do they stop doing? Right. And, and, you know, the question really is, which problem do I want? And, and essentially everything is a trade-off, right? I mean, if, if, if you've studied economics, there's an opportunity cost to, to every decision we make. But instead of asking, what do I have to give up? We should ask, what do I want to go big on? Yeah. What do I really want to make sure everybody knows I'm in, insanely or obsessively focused on? You know, so, so build in some thinking time into your schedule, some, some planning time, some focus time. Abraham Lincoln's attributed with the statement, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. It's a great line. Right? There, he just, he, there's, there's a priority there. Right. There's, there's a great story in this book. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not a great story. It's a tragic story. It, it's this plane, and it has this malfunctioning... Uh, uh, warning light. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just picture this little red light and the, everybody's just obsessed and they're focused. Why is, we don't get what's wrong with it. And all their focus turns to this, this light. malfunctioning and all it is, is it's a $1 faulty bulb. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was, but they're so obsessed with it. They became less obsessed with their dropping altitude. And they crashed. That's yeah. That's that's not. So I mean, good. I don't want to say it's a great story, but I mean, it teaches you. You become obsessed with these things that you know they're tapping the light and and uh, I think it's uh, there's that cartoon uh, Madagascar and they're all yeah. on this plane and you know everything. This whole flight's a disaster. Anyway, I shouldn't get into that. Watch the movie. And they're they're obsessed with this malfunctioning morning light. They say, well, somebody fix it. And he takes the book and he smashes it and breaks it. He says, problem solved. It's <laughs> very very similar. Don't have to worry about the light you, anymore. You think about it in this case, it would have saved a lot of lives. But look, we can't stop paying attention to to what we really should and and. In their case, they crash. No, I, I mean, really, really, that does make a ton of sense. And, and uh, I can see how we can sometimes become too obsessed with things. I can certainly relate with this problem. Really busy trying to solve a lot of problems and, and really not end up um, – that really end up not being a huge priority. Yeah. And you lose focus ultimately on what matters the most. So – so help me to continue to differentiate to differentiate really an essentialist Was from that a differentiate dif- differentiate 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 rate. All right, now it's definitely <laughs> no, getting cut out. <laughs> no, that stays in for sure. All right, it's all staying in, Clayton. It's all <laughs> staying right. in. So, essentialists are powerful observers and listeners. They they're really good at listening for what others do not hear. Non-essentialists pay attention to the loudest voices. Right? Who mm-hmm. is screaming the loudest? Who needs their time or their attention the most? They they 
they listen to everything and they get overwhelmed, the non-essentialists, right? They they react to whatever others around them want them to react to. They they want to please people. They want to conform. It's it's a huge part of our nature to conform, right? I right. mean, if you've seen my trainings and the ash experiment, right. and people standing <laughs> right. up at the sound of the beep or agreeing those on are, line length, we 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 have a need to conform and to please others. And so we're just constantly responding and we don't have the courage to say no, that it's, it's something that's deeply ingrained in us. But if you're going to be an essentialist or become an essentialist, Mm -hmm. you'll need to develop the courage of conviction to say no to people. And, and people will respect and admire you if you have the courage to say no. And in the end, you know, we say yes for popularity, but when we say no, we gain respect and, and respect is far more valuable than popularity in the long run for a leader. Yeah. So you're saying I need to figure out my time wasters or, yeah. or what's not the most important in my life or job and just find a way to eliminate them to find the highest and best use of my time, essentially. Right. Yeah. If it if it doesn't fit, eliminate it. Mm-hmm. Learn to become it should be our new acronym, you know, for CEO. It's chief editing officer <laughs> The you know, an editors is the person who eliminates the trivial, the unimportant or the irrelevant. They they help everyone see what is really important by eliminating the unimportant, right? That's what an editor does. Yeah, that's and that's great. what we need. We need to become the editor of our lives and of our functioning. The, the, the book says to summon the discipline to get rid of options or activities that may be good or even really good, but that get in the way of what is most important, right? And, and remember that it's not your job as the leader to solve everyone's problems. Don't This is sort of the rescuer in multipliers, right? Right. Don't rob people of their problems. Let them experience natural consequences to learn. Like like the gym trainer that we talk about. He's he's he or she is not going to solve the problems of the of the weights for the trainee. He or she will just help them overcome the resistance themselves, but they won't eliminate the problem. Right. (laughs) They let them experience the natural consequences of, of the problem. And then finally. An essentialist is going to be really good at routinely, that's a big word here, routinely doing the things that matter most. So if I'm an ED, I'm thinking about that daily connect, uh, you know, connecting with my team, the, the, the quick connects. I'm thinking that's probably going to be one of those things. Nothing big, nothing, nothing flashy, but, right. but essential. Instead of going for the big, flashy wins that don't really matter, the essentialist pursues small and simple wins in areas that are essential. Doing, doing that routinely pays huge dividends. It's like that, that quote, and I don't have it here, on competitive swimmers, on, on how greatness is, is really just a lot of really small things done routinely with perfection, each of them together you know, neither, n- none of them is, is, is a very great act, right. but all of them together produce extraordinary outcomes. And, and these things done routinely lead to progress. And, uh, and of all the forms of human motivation, I, I honestly think the most effective one is, is progress. I can relate to that. So, so well, I, I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Yeah, I mean, we like, I mean, that, I think that's the key to happiness, right? Yeah. What's, what's the, the, if we're stopped, we're, just, we're frustrated, right? We're right? stalled out. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a former Stanford professor that, that many listeners know, his name's Henry Eyring. And he, he said, he said, my experience has taught me 
uh, this about how people and organizations improve. The best place to look is for small changes we could make in the things we do often. There is power in steadiness and repetition, right? The Mm -hmm. small, not these grand, incredible, you know, uh, I don't know, to mock Elon Musk a little bit, shooting a, a Tesla into <laughs> outer space uh, type of thing. The small discipline changes, finding the essentials and building them into your routine, that's going to help you develop greatness. So really, as an essentialist, you're going to be big on routine, yeah. doing the most important small things consistently, right? Yeah, I mean, think about how that works. M- Michael Phelps, you know, former... Uh, swimmer that uh, I've heard of him. Amazing. I've heard of him. There might be once or twice. Might I... be some younger <laughs> listeners that are like who Phelps. What? Um, so he used to visualize videotape. He he would visualize every moment from his starting position mm. on top of the blocks through each stroke until he's emerged from the pool every day. Before bed and when waking up, he would just go through this. He'd visualize it. Essentialists make a routine out of all the things necessary to obtain their objective. They spend a small amount of energy to create the routine. And then all that's left is is to just follow it. Just just keep going through those motions. And, and see, what happens is when we repeatedly do a task... Now, this is going to – I'm obviously getting this from the book because I'm an accounting major, right? Okay. When, when we repeatedly do a task, our neurons make new connections through communication gateways. And when we consistently repeat those steps, the connections strengthen, and it becomes easier for the brain to activate them. And then the brain can almost completely shut down – and, you know, how, how when you first started driving, you were so attentive. Right. Now you're driving, you're thinking about other things. and you get, <laughs> Which may not be a good thing, uh, but I know, probably, I know where I'm you're not going. I'm endorsing that, but it, you, it's so much easier to do. The brain can almost completely shut down, and that's yeah. a real advantage because that means you have all of this mental activity you can now devote to something else. Yeah, you can change sense, your yeah. obsession. The things you've, uh, you know, that you've obsessed with uh, have become automatic and almost happen naturally and you move on to the next focus. Now, now I'm going to move on to customer service or customer second or infection control. Whatever the focus, I'm now able to drill it into habit through repetition. That's, no, that's great, Clay. So, so maybe at this point you can summarize for us the difference between an essentialist and a non-essentialist. Yeah. So, um, well, let's talk about thinks, does, and gets. So, so an essential, a non-essentialist thinks that they are all things to all people. An essentialist thinks, okay, I'm going to do less but better. Okay. There's the contrast. A non-essentialist thinks I have to dot dot dot. Okay. An essentialist thinks. I choose, right? (laughs) See that difference? Right, that's good. A a non-essentialist thinks, how can I fit it all in? Which I guarantee you, you listeners have thought, how how am I going to do this all today? An essentialist thinks, what are the trade-offs? Right? A non-essentialist reacts to what is most pressing. An essentialist pauses to discern what really matters. Hopefully this contrast helps. This is good. A a non-essentialist says yes to people without really analyzing. An essentialist says no to everything except the essential. (laughs) Right? Maxwell, we can't overestimate the unimportance of almost everything. Right? And then then a non-essentialist takes on too much and, and work suffers. 
while an essentialist chooses carefully in order to do great work. And then finally, a non-essentialist gets overwhelmed and exhausted while the essentialist really does experience uh, joy in the journey. And, and you know, I, I want to add just one final thought. Okay. F- okay. Deep I've thoughts heard okay, by Jack Handy, right? <laughs> Vanessa doesn't even Perfect. know who Jack Handy was. Isn't that sad? Sorry, deep she, thoughts by Jack Handy. Old, old Saturday Night Live. So, so no, this isn't uh, Jack Handy, but it is uh, Lao Tzu. And he said, to attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom... Subtract things <laughs> every day. That is a great. That that's is a the great summary quote. of the essentialist. That is great. Right? <laughs> that's, that's that's really interesting, Clay. Um, just really great perspective on on everything today. And just wanted to thank you for sharing your, your time and thoughts and insight. That was great. Yeah. Hopefully, we're able to change some of our habits and and become essentialists. I, I know I need to. Thanks, Mike, Ryan. Likewise. Thank you.